G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. When you think of courageous missionaries who have tirelessly supported persecuted Christians around the world over this past century, one of the names that comes to mind is Pastor Richard Wormbrand, who was imprisoned for 14 years in communist Romania in the 1940s. He founded Voice of the Martyrs almost 50 years ago to serve the persecuted church. Now, Voice of the Martyrs becomes like a connecting point where Christians in the free world are brought into fellowship with persecuted Christians in lots of countries around the world. John Wilson is the CEO of Voice of the Martyrs in Australia. He's leading that wonderful organization and joining us today uh, with some of the updates on some of the stories and the people they're supporting. Hello, John Wilson. Welcome back to 2020. Great to hear from you, Neil. It's good to be with you again. John, always love our catch-up conversations. You're traveling around the world. A lot of nations uh, far and near. Let's talk about one that's not that far away. Uh, you've uh, recently caught some detail of some of the things that are unfolding in Vietnam. Uh, what's the story with the contacts you have there? Well, Neil, in Vietnam, we still see it as a very commercial, lovely, peace-going country for tourists to attend there. But there's an undercarriage, undercarriage there that has a, uh, a work of, uh, of uh, the enemy, basically, against persecuted Christians. And particularly in the northern parts of Vietnam, where the tribal groups like the Hmong are there, over 900,000 Hmong still there, who have been um, ministered to by the gospel, have come and uh, under the gospel and heard the, the clear call of God upon their hearts. And nearly 350,000 now Hmong believers are there flourishing. But they are still severely persecuted while the cities start to have a little bit of commercialism, a little bit of ease on the persecution. And so we're dealing with um, a mix there in Vietnam at the moment, a kind of a cross-culture of persecution where it's the intellect of the new young people are challenging the old guard in the, in the larger cities. But in the, in the parts of the country, they are still severely persecuted, Neil. And that's why we're there, to support those brothers and sisters in Christ with as much love and support and financial assistance we can. It's a communist leadership in Vietnam. And as you say, the north is where most of the persecution is happening. And uh, it even divides families, John, brother against brother. I know one of your stories is is about a brother named Ho. Mm. This is a remarkable story that one of our contacts told us, uh, and that it was only about a, a week old when we were there two weeks ago. And it really touched my heart, Neil, because... Here was a a young Christian, probably only two years old in the Lord and so forth, and he just was just sold out with him and his family to become a follower of Jesus. But 
there was an enmity between him and his family and specifically his brother. And his brother was very much supported by the government officials in that village to really to put pressure on any Christians and specifically if it was one of the family. And so there was the old cultural ways that were embedded in him that he released. There was all the, uh, the animism and the, the witch doctor that he released because he found Christ. And his family hated him for that. They threw him out of his, his, his house as well. And it was a tragic story in the such forth. But every tragedy we feel that there in Christ there becomes a victory. And as I listened to the story, I just saw a great hope and a great excitement in my spirit when I heard the story of how he overcome the situation with his brother. It would be the case in a lot of countries where there is severe persecution of believers because when one family member comes to faith in Christ, uh, there's often a tremendous reaction against that and uh, sometimes uh, taking such severe actions that the family either wants to cut that individual off or even take their lives. And uh, in this case here, this this is a violence within the family and they wanted to take his life. Well, it got to a stage where he said that uh, his brother was that adamant towards the and with the anger and the fervency. I just was reminded by the the apostle Paul Saul when he was so adamant towards the Christians. Um, Ho's brother said, "I will continue to persecute Christians as long as I live." And he said, I've got the backing of the government and nothing will stop me. I mean, this is a great force within him that was just going against his brother. And one Sunday, one particular Sunday, the family were going to church and his wife got across the, the, the river, had just flooded the bridge where they went across to their church, Neil. And uh, he was pushing his motorbike and his two kids got off and they ran and splashed across the water just as kids would do, having fun. And as Ho was pushing his motorbike, he felt something strike him on his back and again another strike and as he came turned around to defend himself he saw a machete coming down and it wasn't just the shock of the machete that was actually uh, coming down him the biggest shock was it was his own brother well I, I saw the photo that you sent to me just before our conversation today John and uh, it's disturbing when you see a machete attack and uh, and he's obviously been attended to and uh, just uh, you know, the first thing that came to mind when I saw the photo, it looked like there was a, a large centipede looking yes. scar on his face. I, I couldn't yes. help but uh, draw the attention to that. It looks like a centipede, but uh, but that's mm. the sort of scarring that you have when, you, when you've been part of a machete attack and, uh, and a doctor has tried to patch you up. But, exactly. uh, but that wasn't the worst of his wounds. Well, no, it wasn't. There was the first the back injury and then the side swipe to the side of his cheek, which was, as you say, like a centipede type of thing. But as he defended himself with his, his hand, it was nearly, the wrist was nearly completely severed from the actual arm. And he immediately dropped his bike, grabbed his arm and ran for his life, which was only another 100 yards. But he managed to get inside the church before his brother got up to him because he had a murderous intent. The blood flow was kind of patched by his by the Christian believers who were also in shock there and uh, immediately rang, rang the authorities to say, what's going on? There's a, a madman outside there. And after probably half an hour, he'd run away. They took, them, took Ho to the hospital. And 
they the, the authorities came to the hospital, Neil, to see, and they saw the the intensity of the injuries and such forth, and trying to repair Ho. And they said, "Look, do you want to go and press charges?" And he said, "It's my brother, and I forgive him for what he did to my body." It's that sort of thing that is so difficult for people who are not Christian believers to understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we would all assume that if we were under attack from anyone, even if it was within our family, that we might have a certain sense of revenge uh, to try and get back at our family or whoever that attacker might be. But uh, that's the that's the thing that stands out, isn't it, uh, that happens in the heart of a Christian believer, because uh, forgiveness is much more powerful than revenge, John. Oh, indeed, indeed. And I really believe that there's some God is at work with even within the intent of the brother's heart that the church now is continually praying for the salvation of Ho's brother. Now, I wouldn't like to be in the way of God when that is happening yeah. because this is the compassion and the, the compelling love that they have for someone who is like an enemy of them, enemy of Christendom, and yet they want to forgive and they want to be able to love, and they want to pray for him and his salvation for his whole family. I just really take my hat off to to the, the members of the body of Christ who have can do that after such savagery, such evilness that has come upon them, to not to take revenge, but to use the love of Christ to be able to be the mediator and hopefully the healing balm between their relationship. Now, I imagine it's probably not a wealthy family that Ho is a part of, but uh, there is medical attention that's required. And as an organisation, you at the helm there of Voice of the Martyrs here in Australia, you're actually trying to bring some uh, medical attention to uh, the wrist, uh, the hand that was nearly lost. Absolutely. Uh, What are you, uh, have you got a particular campaign running at the moment to raise a few dollars to send across? The first thing we did is there is an immediate emergency response we need to do and we had to ascertain by the specialist to see what repairs can be done because his hand is bitchy of no use and of course trying to work and till soil, he's a rice farmer to support it, it's given him less mobility. So I instantly had some emergency funds with me to get this investigation. We're just waiting for the results to come back. But it is expensive surgery. It's a long hall, a lot of rehab there, and I want to be able to start, once I've got the uh, answers back from our medical team there, what we can do, how much we need, but I tell you what, we need as much help as we can for people like Ho who had these terrible, terrible uh, catastrophes in their lives, Neil. And John, I imagine Ho is a part of a local church there in the north of Vietnam, Mm. Uh, and I'm sure they don't do it easy as well because that's where your connecting point would be to a a local church that has this connection to Ho. Uh, How tough is it for local churches to exist or to meet in that northern part of Vietnam? For them to meet and is always difficult, but in this particular instance, they've had permission even to build a church in this village, which is great. Even though there are the antagonists like his brother who are there continually trying to throw stones and cause disturbance outside, they still press on and sing the wonderful hymns that give them a confidence in God. And their difficulties overcome because their love of God and the promises of God for these believers there. Some don't have it like that. They have to meet in secret. And I've mentioned before, Neil, where we've got photographs of dry river creek beds with uh, tree limbs across the, the, the short riverbed to be seats 
That's their little church. And they preach in the riverbed. And they have to bury their Bibles in the ground in fear of the authorities finding their Bibles. That's the true underground church. But that underground church is now being bold and is being able to surface and be able to establish small churches with a boldness, even though there is still a pressure upon them from the different authorities as well. Well, John Wilson, always uh, refreshing and insightful to hear things that are going on in different parts of the world, some countries, and, you know, we can all go for a holiday to Vietnam if we want, and we might not see the things that are going on in some places within that country, particularly, as you say, to the north. Uh, But there might be listeners who might like to connect with you in some way and even connect with uh, Ho, the man who's almost lost his arm, Uh, there is a website that you can go to to get the latest updates from Voice of the Martyrs. It's www.vom.com.au. V-O-M stands for Voice of the Martyrs. V-O-M.com.au. John Wilson, uh, we'll catch up again soon because you've got so many good stories to tell. Uh, Thanks so much for being with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's always been a pleasure. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.